Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews has become a divisive figure in the fight against the global pandemic. In one camp, there are those who call him Dan the Man for taking strict measures to fight COVID-19, while others call him Dictator Dan for those very same reasons. At the moment, we've got one Premier who's basically running this state. Parliament's not sitting, the Cabinet's not even sitting. It's, it's Daniel and his gang of eight. Uh, now, that's not the way democracy's supposed to be. Today, we'll look at who Daniel Andrews really is and find out whether he's the power-hungry poly some are claiming or whether we should all stand with Dan. Mamma Mia! subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia! subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia! Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Who is Daniel Michael Andrews? Well, he started life in Melbourne before his family's business, a milk bar, burned down in a suspected arson attack. They moved to Wangaratta, where Dan helped his dad deliver small goods to butcher shops. He studied a Bachelor of Arts in Politics and Classics at Monash University, where he met Catherine, his now wife of more than 20 years. She works for an organisation that helps Indigenous offenders and ex-offenders through art. She's also made headlines herself. After the car she was driving hit a teenage cyclist, causing life-threatening injuries, she was never breath-tested at the scene, a fact that led to an inquiry into the officers who attended the accident. Elected in 2002 at the age of 30, Daniel Andrews has led the Victorian Labor Party since 2010. He became Premier in 2014. Back in July, Catherine posted a black and white pic of her husband taking calls in his home office at night with the caption, This man does not stop. Thank you to everyone who's doing the right thing. We're in this together. He's a dad to 18-year-old Noah, 16-year-old Grace and Joseph, who's 12. Dan posted a picture of himself with Noah just over a week ago, celebrating his 18th birthday in lockdown. The caption reads, couldn't be more proud. Then, on August 20, Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews delivered his 50th straight coronavirus update. Our thoughts and prayers, our best wishes, our sympathies are with each of those families. This will be an incredibly difficult time for them. Seven of those nine deaths are linked to aged care outbreaks. He still hasn't missed a day, despite this pandemic coming straight off the back of the horrific bushfire season, delivering the news that all of Victoria and the rest of Australia desperately wants to know. How many cases today? How many people have died? When will this lockdown be over? Are we beating the second wave? Day in, day out, the Premier answers these questions as the lines on his face grow deeper and the shadows under his eyes grow darker. 
Some have questioned how he's allowed to work 24-7 without a break. One doctor on Twitter saying he's grateful for Daniel Andrews' dedication, but if he had a colleague in emergency who worked so many days in a row, he'd order them home for their health, safety and performance. But while some Aussies are backing Andrews in the decisions he's making... I think Dan Andrews has done an exemplary job. I realise that mistakes have been made over the course of the pandemic, but there is no handbook for this kind of thing. The poor bloke has had bushfires, he's had pandemic. He's fronted up to the media day after day after day. He's taken responsibility for the things that have gone wrong. And I truly believe that he has Victoria's best interest at heart. I stand with Dan. I think he's done the best job he can. And I am glad that we have someone so passionate about the state leading us through this pandemic. There are critics who think he's dropped the ball. This from the comments section on a story about the Victorian leader. I'm really quite sick of listening to the Dan Andrews apologists telling us how hard he's working and that we should all, like, feel for him. Maybe if he'd been competent and not put social inclusion over the need to have competent guards, we'd all be in a better place. Dan can take a break when he either has the good sense to own up and resign or he lets us out. Until then, he can deal with the mess he's created. So which campaign has it right? Hashtag I stand with Dan or hashtag dictator Dan? Richard Willingham is an ABC Victoria political reporter who's been following the Andrews government for some time. Richard, let's talk about the latest issue first, this state of emergency. Now, some say Daniel Andrews needs to extend it by the 12 months to keep on top of the pandemic, but the opposition is saying, why not extend it month to month in collaboration with Parliament? Is Dan Andrews a power-hungry poly? I don't think he probably is a power-mad poly. It's about a legal framework, basically. So the, the systems in place in Victoria, such forcing directions such as mask wearing or even the rules that will govern how many people can go to the pub when they're allowed to reopen, that's the legal framework. Now, I think the politics have been poorly played by the government. It's unusual because normally the Premier's pretty good at his messaging. When you've got uh, people in a state of despair in Victoria, that they're looking for some sort of hope because we're in this second lockdown. It's, it's pretty tough. And for the messaging to be, you know, we need 12 more months of state of emergency can play to certain people's fears. And some people have played that up. And I think probably the, the government and the Premier should have articulated why it needed these powers. If you look at other states, they actually have unlimited, when they enact state of emergency powers or similar, it's a bit more of an unlimited time frame. Victoria has a, a situation where when the state of emergency powers are enacted, They can only last for six months in four-week blocks, and that expires in a couple of weeks, which is why we're in this situation. We're seeing Dan Andrews front these press conferences day after day after day. I know he's 50-something straight now, but could he actually take time off right now? We saw what happened to Scott Morrison when he went on holiday during the height of the bushfires. Is Daniel Andrews looking at that and thinking, there's no way I can step away from this right now? I think now he's got so many credits in the bank on that front. You can, If you look at him, you can see how haggard and tired he is, and that's not meant in any disrespect, but he's burning the midnight oil, and it's a tough job, and you don't necessarily need to speak to the press every day. And I sit in those long press conferences most days. They're long, and sometimes they run out of a bit of steam and because he, he stands there and any more questions, as a journalist, you usually go, oh, well, if I've got another chance, I'll ask something else. So, and because there's so much to ask about this pandemic, it's it, it, they're long, they're long processes. And even if he didn't front the media for a day, it wouldn't mean he's not working. So I think I don't see an issue with him taking a day off. You'd hardly think 
it's a criminal offence in in this in politics. I think that he's probably earned enough time. Um, we don't see the prime minister every day. We don't see other leaders most days. So I, I don't think it'd be an issue if he took one or two days away from the media. In your opinion, as someone who watches this unfold every day, has Daniel Andrews handled this pandemic well? Or not, because there are two very distinct camps here. <laughs> Those who say he's been the best thing for Victoria and has done everything he can, and of course you make mistakes along the way, and we've seen that with aged care and some things with the health department, with contact tracing and being understaffed. And But then there are others who say, look, you know, he made his bed with the mistakes with hotel quarantine and he has to lie in it. Has he done a good job here or a bad job? Well, it's a, it's a terrific question and one I don't know whether I can... 100% answer because I think it's very complicated. If you go back to the start of the pandemic, I think that the Premier was was really good. He provided some really strong communication and I think Daniel Andrews working with Gladys Berejiklian that actually got Australia into a lockdown quicker. It was those two that took took to National Cabinet. I think it was late March, the two of them put out a joint matching press releases that said that if National Cabinet doesn't lock us down, Victoria and New South Wales will go it alone. They were the two that really got to the front of this. I think they were probably the two that grasped this was a serious health situation, the strongest. So in that, and his, and his language and his communication has, has been his strong suit. He's been quite a, a strong communicator in telling people what's going on. But then when you get into the mess of hotel quarantine, and the fact that genomic sequencing shows that most of Victoria's second wave comes back to failures at hotel quarantine, that has to lie with somebody and that has to lie with the Victorian government. They were the ones that ran that program. So in that, you know, he said it himself, he, he accepts responsibility. That's his job. So in that, he, they're trying to respond, but there are so many questions. You know, why is the Department of Health and Human Services contact tracing so slow? There's stories everywhere, you know, across media about that. And so I think a lot of people will be frustrated with that. But I also know that a lot of people are really think he's doing a really good job. They think he's providing leadership in, in, his, in a crisis that mistakes were bound to happen. So it's a really interesting question. I know there's been a lot of polling, you know, being done in, and, and it does show that people are supportive of the lockdowns and supportive of his leadership. Yeah, other polls show that he's probably the least popular leader in the country. But in saying that, all the other leaders have got ridiculously high popularity and, and approval ratings because it's a pandemic. So I think sort of conventional politics is is on hold, if you like, and it's really hard to judge because, you know, it's a wartime, basically. So people are looking to their leaders to lead, and I think he probably is leading as, as, as best as they can, but in saying that, mistakes have been made. So it's a fine balance, and it'll be really interesting to see what happens once we get out of this stage four lockdowns, once things, you know, fingers crossed, start to settle a bit where the, the tension comes because I think a lot of people, they really want D Daniel Andrews to succeed right now for the sake of everyone and the politics can come later. Are there any calls for Dan Andrews to step down from his position, either from within his own party or from the opposition? The opposition have certainly called for his, for his head. For a long time, some of the more outspoken backbenchers in the Liberal Party in Victoria have, have called for him to go. For a long time, Michael O'Brien, the opposition leader, was not as harsh. He, he was of the view that maybe some of the ministers could go because he didn't think it was a good idea for Victoria to be changing captains in the middle of the crisis. He's changed that view a couple of weeks ago when he, he said that Daniel Andrews lied to Parliament over the ADF comments. That was the moment that he said he should go. Victoria 
has set elections. So even if Daniel Andrews did go, it would still be a Labor government. Um, they've got a, a whopping majority. So it wouldn't change the government. There's been some speculation from some people in, in, in within Labor, not saying that he should go, but they expect that he might stand down at some stage. If Daniel Andrews was to stand aside in the next year or so, it would give whoever takes over enough clear air to try and reset the Labor agenda ahead of the 2022 state election. There's also people who say that Dan Andrews will want to rebuild his legacy. He'll want to take Labor to the 2022 election and win and rebuild Victoria and and rebuild his legacy. And it's a really hard one to pick as, as someone who's watched state politics for nearly a decade it's it's hard to work out what he's what he's doing because i don't think anyone really knows some days you sit there in a press conference and say yeah he's he's gonna he's gonna pull a pin in three months time and other times you go no he's just gonna stick around but i, I just think we are in you know to, to hate to use a cliche but in uncharted waters so it's really hard to know what the real political reaction is what what people are really feeling i think it's going to be wait until we're out of this to find out how it all falls because the other thing that's going to happen is the economic fallout of this you know what's unemployment going to do and that's when people when they're less scared about the virus and less worried about it spreading but dealing with the economic fallout that's when it's really going to be up to governments to come up with some even bigger solutions good job or bad no one envies the position daniel andrews finds himself in today but what no one wants or needs is a political game to be played not when that game could literally mean the lives and livelihoods of victorians So now we wait to see what happens after the pandemic, whether Daniel Andrews' legacy will be the leader who saw the state through the toughest of times or the man who let the virus take control. That's all for The Quickie today. This episode was produced by Melanie Tate with audio production by Jacob Round.